Hey, welcome once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, we're here to make sure that you do watch the last game <laughs> of the season. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, uh, the last game was, was pretty rough. Yeah, it was... Uh... One of the least inspiring football games you'll ever (laughs) watch. Uh, Probably the worst one of the year from my perspective. I mean, there's been other times this year. It has to be one of the worst losses ever to the Lions. Well, so here's my thing on it. It was a terrible performance, but it wasn't the worst Bears game I've ever seen because (laughs) this is just one of those where the Bears just didn't show up and got blown out and it's a bunch of bad players that aren't going to be around. I can think of some other games that were probably equally as bad on the field but had like bigger, big picture implications, I guess. Like like the Cleveland game last year comes to mind. That was awful. Where it was... That was just point blank one of the worst games I've ever watched. And it was just a feeling of, oh my gosh, they're going to mess this kid up and Matt Nagy is going to screw up the quarterback we just drafted. I don't know. There's been other bad performances over the years, but I mean, that was a a especially rough one. It was great for me because by the second quarter, it was clear that the Bears didn't really have any interest in being there. So I basically watched the rest of the game with one eye and then just talked with (laughs) my friends at the bar. (laughs) But... Uh, yeah, I mean, not really too much else to say about it. It was just a completely uninspiring performance. The Bears just didn't show up at all. I mean, it's hard to. I'm sure it's hard as players to show up when you're when you're like that. Um, you know, there's 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 nothing. There's not even really pride left to play for. Uh, as a player, I have to think that I would be just you know looking at it and saying, I'm anxious to get out of this season so we can get some other people in here and, and get this thing going. And and they're so banged up, too. They're down to... Man, we took a real hit in the second half. Yeah, they really did. I, it was kind of funny because the Bears, through the first 10, 11 games, felt like they were surprisingly healthy, and that has completely swung the other direction. But Badly. They're, they're down to like their eighth-string offensive linemen. I mean, even like if that. we were in a regular year, we would... We would have taken a, those injuries would have taken a toll on us. Yeah, it's funny. You always forget at the beginning of the year when you're going through the rosters. When you get to this point of the season, there are so many guys running around for every team that you've never heard of. (laughs) And when you're a team like the Bears and you show up week one and even your starters don't look like they should be playing in the (laughs) NFL, I mean, by by this time of the year, you're you're just down to uh, just the bottom of the barrel. And thankfully, the season's been pretty fun, almost entirely because of Justin Fields. And we've gotten some good entertainment, but yeah, the rest of the roster is is just trash. And um, it really showed up because even though the Lions aren't great, they're a lot better than the Bears, and the Lions still had something to play for. Right. It showed. Uh, It was just uh, a game that was all around very forgettable, and... Now, going into week 18, I'm excited because the Bears made what I think is a great decision for the long-term uh, future of the franchise, and they're going to fake uh, injury to Justin Fields, and he's not going to play, and here, here. the Bears are going to lose, and they're going to put themselves in the best possible position to get the first overall pick in the draft. You know, um, you know they, they might be, you know, like you said, uh, overstating, <laughs> overstating his injury, but at the same time... Um, we actually saw that happen. Um, we did see him get his uh, hip injured, and he did immediately go over to the bench, and that's when they were working him out on the 
on yeah. the table for quite a while. Oh, he's ta- he took a beating. He's taken a beating yeah. the last couple games. I, I it is a a criticism I have from that game is that I don't understand why they had him out there for the fourth quarter. Right. Uh, you know the the rest of the game I can understand it. Um, he's your starting quarterback. You want him out there. You never know what could happen. Some the ball could have bounced to it right a few times, and and maybe we could have taken advantage. But um, regardless, you want your starter out there. But the last quarter of the game, I just didn't get it. Even even half of the last quarter of the game, I just didn't understand it when that he when he was still out there and the game was completely out of reach. Yeah, I mean they were down what. 24 to 10 at halftime they were down 38 to 10 at the end of the third quarter yeah and the offensive line and the protection is just so bad it's atrocious what was the point of that he he was taking some unnecessary hits and the only counter argument i can listen to for why they shouldn't sit him is that he needs the reps he is still developing and i get that but at some point where do you, when do you get to a situation where the reps are just no longer valuable? When immediately after the ball is snapped, your protection is breaking down. <laughs> none, right. none of the receivers that are out there are going to be around other than hopefully Chase Claypool, who had some issues of his own on Sunday. At some point, you're not really learning anything valuable there. You're just trying to not get your head taken off. Yeah. And you're exposing yourself to meaningless hits. Yeah. Like, could he have a real injury? I'm, I'm sure he does. At this point of the year, every NFL player could probably say that they've got five or six strains in various parts of their body, right? right? Like, everybody's banged up. It's been a long season. Do I think that if this was a playoff game, he'd be playing? Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's no point to play against the Vikings this week. His team is decimated by injuries. Everybody's trying to run the clock out and get to their off season and not get injured. And he's just had a good enough season where I think that you just let him sit on the couch for this one and get a, get a nice bottle of champagne or a 12 pack of beer and <laughs> let him, let him sit next to the heater on the sidelines and he can, he can watch Nathan Peterman. Right, I, I just, right. I just think it's a no brainer. I don't know what the other argument would be. So uh, one thing um, we're, you know, we're talking about the lions uh, and while they did put the beat down, a, a thorough beat down on the Bears, um, at the same time, they should have. How many draft picks, number one draft picks, does that team have to accumulate to actually get a winning record? Which, by the way, they didn't. They have a 500 record right now. Yeah. They, with with all of the personnel uh, uh, acquisitions that they have made over the last... 10 to 20 years they should be a great team instead they're good they're decent this year for the first time in a decade yeah like that's why trust me I, i was plenty critical of dan campbell all year and they have made a nice run in the second half and they got themselves back into contention and they should get credit for that but that team never should have been two and six to begin with. Right. I, I I thought going into the year the Lions could be a sneaky team to compete for a playoff berth, and they ended up being that. But the start of the season ended up sinking them, and they 
had some games where they had some tough luck losses, but they also had some games where they were non-competitive too. I mean, remember they got shut out in New England. Yeah, uh, a team that twenty-nine to zero, a team that the Bears beat by like a hundred points, and we know how bad the Bears are. So, I, I think the Lions have done enough to. Not to mention, you know how hard it is to get blanked in an NFL game, <laughs> especially when the opposing quarterback is Mac Jones. <laughs> That might have even been zappy. I don't remember. But either way, it's not like they got shut out by Dan Marino out there. They got shut out by a pretty bad version of this Patriots team. But I digress. It seems like they've done enough where they're committed to keeping Goff and Campbell, so they say. And they do have a lot of talent on that roster, but I just think that... It was uh, zappy. And he outplayed Goff in that game, by the way. I'm sure he did. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty easy to get outplayed when he scored zero points. Um, We're going to see what their plan is. I'm not convinced they're going to stick with Goff, but that's that's what they say. And Dan Campbell, I I think that as long as he's around, I just think that that team's probably going to underachieve because Dan Campbell seems like a guy that cares a lot about his players, and he certainly says a lot of the right things, but I haven't seen anything from him to make me think that he's a great coach tactically. So I think as long as he's around, the Bears, you know, are going to have a coaching advantage over that team at least, if nothing else. Well, and it's interesting because some people have already been talking, of course, about next year, you know, who is going to be tops in the the NFC next year. Of course, there's a lot of questions surrounding that. You know, does uh, does 12 stay in Green Bay? Uh, you know, what do, uh, what do the Vikings do? Um, you know, are they still in, uh, the, the Kirk Cousins camp? Um, you know, their def, uh, their deficiencies on defense were pretty obvious all year long. Uh, and the Lions, you know, up and down, up and down, right? I mean, it's like you said, uh, while they, while they, their second half of the year has been very good, their first half was atrocious and even when the second half, they got beat by Carolina, you know, when you're on a playoff run. And not just beat. Beat down. Destroyed. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they needed that game. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, so where is where's the clutch? What, beating the Bears who have three wins at home? That's the clutch game? Well, I hope not. Well, and it's certainly wouldn't be in anything like the Lions to show up and just completely underachieve either, right? (laughs) You're talking about a franchise that I feel... I feel like every year for the last 15 years, there's been somebody in the preseason that's like, this is the year for the Lions. Look look at all these guys they've added. Look at how hard they're playing for their coach. Has it only been 15? It's it's almost (laughs) always the same. And uh, like I said, I mean, credit Dan Campbell because this team could have completely gone in the tank and ended up right where the Bears are, which is like with four wins, and they didn't do that. But, yeah, they definitely had an opportunity to do more this year. And I I think that assuming they lose this Sunday to Green Bay, I think this is still a year that you could say the Lions underachieved. They've got a lot of talent on that roster and play in a division that this year was pretty weak. So eight and nine is uh, underachievement in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, One thing I wanted to touch on, happy birthday to... Uh, to Miss Virginia McCaskey, yeah, Virginia Hallis McCaskey, uh, made it to a hundred years old. That's uh, you know, um, it's interesting. I was reading the latest piece uh, about her uh, in the in the Chicago Tribune, which of course they've done, you know, many pieces about her over the years, 
And it, it, when you read about how the players think of her, they all love her. Yep. And, you know, she has, to me, uh, done something that was pretty tough. She took over a, an NFL franchise it, as a woman long before anybody else did. I mean, long before most women were ever allowed to be in charge of a corporation, for that matter. Um, and, you know, was able to keep that organization running, yeah. you know. And, and that, you got to remember, when she was when she was starting out, this the NFL wasn't big business, right? I mean, people, were, there were guys that had full-time jobs other than being in the NFL. Yeah, they all worked in the offseason. Right. That didn't happen... You know, the, the money didn't really happen uh, until the late 80s, early 90s. The the 85 team, actually, I still believe was part of the reason that we saw a huge increase was because they that team gathered the attention of people that weren't into football. Mm-hmm. And they did it on a national scale. And, uh, and so I, I kind of feel like that that was a trigger. And from there... We saw popularity skyrocket, and also money, right? So you know, for her to have made it through the the forties, the fifties, and the sixties and the seventies, um, it's pretty significant. She's and she still goes to the games. I know that's that's amazing. Like, can you imagine being ninety nine years old and spending your Sunday watching this team? <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it's a testament to how much she cares. And I was listening to an interview earlier today with Wanstead, who, as Bears fans know, didn't necessarily leave the Bears on great terms. Right. And he was just talking about how great it was to work for the McCaskies and how much they want to build the Bears into one of the great teams in the NFL again. And what I'll always say about the McCaskies is, even though – you can say what you want about how poorly the Bears have been run over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years. It's not really been for lack of trying. Yeah. It's just they just haven't gotten it right. And like you said with Virginia, everybody that's gone into that building, you know, I've never heard a bad word out of her and uh, about her. And in most cases, it's the opposite. In most cases, it's very, very glowing praise. So, yeah, happy birthday to her. Uh, I wish the Bears were giving her a better product at this point right. of, her, of her life because i mean a hundred years old you don't want to be sitting around watching terrible football and that's what it's been for the last several years but yeah so um, hopefully hopefully better things to come for her so let me throw this at you so basically you know the team has struggled more or less uh since the since the years of dicka right mm-hmm. and in that time uh, the Bears have four playoff victories. <laughs> this is since 1992. It's not enough. And 11 last place finishes. Now, maybe it's just me, but this year, for some reason, I feel like the general masses out there, especially of recent, have been really hypercritical of uh, the coaching staff and... Uh, uh, the office, the uh, the management uh, of the Bears for how how poorly this year has gone, and 
it, they, they pointed out, which I thought was very interesting, you have to go, you have to set the Wayback Machine all the way back to ye old 2016 to have another 3-13 and 13 record. <laughs> yeah, well, 3-14, and 14, I think, would be the record, right, for the Bears. I don't think they've ever had 14 losses. <laughs> yeah, because, of, because of the 17 games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, 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 it's interesting. I actually kind of feel the opposite. I feel like fans have been fairly patient for the most part. I think most people are kind of in our boat, which is that, yeah, this year's been awful, but we kind of knew it was going to be awful. Most most, uh, most of the smart fans. And and, <laughs> and um, the the quarterback has kind of exceeded our, our expectations. So that's kind of put, I guess you could, it's, it's kind of been a deodorant over the stink of the season, right? Right. It's, it's how well the quarterback is done. Now, starting like Monday morning, 10 a.m., when the league week begins and everybody around the league is firing their coach, that's when expectations go back up. Because right. if we're sitting here next year and we're talking about a team that won five or six games, that's not good enough. Because that'll be year three of the quarterback. The Bears are going to spend a lot of money this offseason, and they're going to have a lot of new draft picks. So I think that this year has been largely a honeymoon period, and I think people... Are trend, are, tend to be feeling positive about the quarterback and the opportunity that exists here. But that ends as soon as that final whistle blows on Sunday because uh, it's going to be a lot different ball game in uh, 2023 in terms of the expectations around this team. So, not to rain on your parade, but I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, per Brad Biggs... Uh-oh. If uh, the, no, the the team that had the number two selection in the draft in the last 23 seasons okay. has averaged 6.0 wins that season, they have the reached fo- the, the following season, right? Well, the, you, you draft and then you uh, play that season, yeah, yeah, right? Okay. I see what you're saying. So that okay. includes this year. That includes the 2023 year. Who had the second Last year, uh, I don't even remember. Who it was, was Detroit. It? Was oh yeah, they took yeah. Hutchinson. Okay. Hutchinson. So, um, and then four of the, of the teams with the the Lions we yet to see have reached the playoffs, right? So only four teams, only three teams with a winning record, uh, and six teams had. Four wins or less. So an average of six wins uh, over 23 teams, four reached the playoffs, three had winning records, six teams had four wins or less. It's kind of interesting because typically the reason you're picking second is because you don't have your quarterback. Yeah. I'm guessing a lot of those number two picks were quarterbacks. Of course. So that means that you're going into the next year with a rookie. It's why it's a pretty unique situation because when we talked about our outlook for this season, a lot of a lot of people, including myself, were, were thinking that if the Bears are picking in the top three, that probably means they need to be looking at quarterback because it's really difficult to be that bad with a quarterback that's good. Right. Right? Because the quarterback is so important. But the Bears found a way to build a roster that was so terrible that they actually made it possible. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that's why expectations are going to be higher next year because 
Justin Fields has shown that he's really good. And are the Bears going to be able to put together a Super Bowl roster around him in one offseason? Of course not. No. But if they spend wisely and draft wisely, I, I think that it should accelerate what you just talked about, right? Like, if the Bears add a ton of really good players, nobody's going to be going into next season thinking that they should get six or seven wins because, I, I mean, first of all, they're going to be playing a last-place schedule. Yeah. And it's going to be year three of a quarterback, and that's when quarterbacks are really supposed to hit their stride. So, Biggs, for whatever reason, I feel like has been trying to throw water on a lot of things this year. Yeah. And that's because he's there every day, and he realizes how bad most of the roster is. But um, I, I think that going into next year, if the Bears – if their win total in Vegas is set at six or seven, I think people are going to be rushing to bet the over on that because I think expectations are going to be really high, whether or not they should be. We'll see how the offseason goes. But um, I don't necessarily think that the past successive teams that had the second overall pick is necessarily that meaningful because most of those teams were picking that highly because their quarterback was terrible and, like, and and that's a that's a good point it is it's a really good point and i was i was i but i still you know this is a game of statistics most you know mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the uh, pro sports are right and uh the, usually you can glean something and you know there's some there's some pretty stark uh uh results in those statistics also uh when you do look at it as you mentioned, most of those picks are quarterbacks. They are. Yeah. Um, two notable differences in the in, in, with the first pick overall are, uh, I, I think it's out of like the last 20 seasons, is Miles Garrett and then last year Jacksonville's uh, taking Trayvon Walker. That's the one pick though. Right. Okay. So, yeah, and, and the only reason I'm talking about the one pick is, you know, the one pick affects the, the two pick. But even with the two pick as well, again, most of those picks are still quarterbacks, right? So, um, you know, with, uh, with Fields' year, it was um, the two pick was Zach, was Zach Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So just last five years, Aiden Hutchinson, so the quarterback was Goff. Zach Wilson, who has been a disappointment. Chase Young, who I don't remember who Washington's quarterback was, but that's kind of been a revolving door. Nick Bosa, so that was the year that Garoppolo got hurt. So uh, the 49ers have done well since then. And then Saquon was the year before that. And, you know, the Giants, that's just a dumb organization for picking a running back at at two. So um, I I think that that just kind of is an indication of what I just said is, like, you know, the, well, they they thought Daniel Jones was going to be the guy. And he's been good this year. Uh, I, I saw a rumor that they're planning to extend both Daniel Jones and Saquon, which I wouldn't do. But No, I wouldn't do um, that. Good, good for them, I guess. Yeah, I, Daniel Jones is one of those guys that he's going to have at least a couple of games where you go, oh yeah, he's Daniel Jones. Yeah, it's just like one of those quarterbacks that, you know, they can win you some games, but when you're in the playoffs and you're on the road and you've got to make a 90-yard drive with two minutes to go, do you want Daniel Jones there? <laughs> not not really. Not really. Yeah, but there's also a lot of quarterbacks in the league that you wouldn't want in that situation. So That's, that's true. That's, that's true. That's what makes the great ones great, though. So um, one of the things that they uh, also talked about is um, play of 
new people, which I, I thought the reason I wanted to touch on this is because you and I have talked about this many times, especially uh, after we watched the debacle last year where we use our top pick, all these resources to get a quarterback, and then they don't even give him snaps with the ones right. uh, in the offseason because they're so busy getting the team ready to be played under Andy Dalton, which even with saying that now, I'm just like, wow, the idiocy there is just amazing. Um, but, you know, that was also uh, something that we saw uh, out of Pace and Nagy over the years. It wasn't just that year. Was waiting till the very, very last minute to play rookies, right? And, um, you know, one that popped into my head was uh, Thomas Graham, right? Now, I'm not saying that Thomas Graham was great or anything. Whatever happened to him? He is, he is with another team. Okay. Um, and he's playing with another team. But the only reason I'm pointing him out was because we had a dearth of people in the secondary. And it got to, you know, they finally started him or played him in week 15. You know, it was just like, why hasn't he been playing, you know? I mean, he wasn't playing at all. He was... He, it, which you know just made no sense whatsoever. In, so in order, in order for him to get dressed, like the entire defense had to have COVID, right? Didn't he, <laughs> right. Didn't it, wasn't his big coming out party the game at Soldier last year against the Vikings? Yes. When literally the entire defense was out. Yes. And he played well. Okay. Yes. But I, yeah, I see what you're saying. So this year, nine rookies and five second year players have had greater than 100 snaps for the Bears. For the Bears. Um, okay. I mean, that's good. That is good. I mean, it. of course, we want, you know, better players in there. We get that. Um, everybody wants that. Everybody's on the same page. But the fact that they're willing to look at other players and not just stay with the two attitudes that I saw in the previous regime, one being, yeah, we're not going to play these guys until, like you said, the entire team isn't playing, um, or... Uh, you know, uh, they were also, um, uh, you know, pretty pretty famous for, you know, sticking a guy at one spot and then leaving him there no matter how poorly he played, right? Or, or playing a guy in a position he's never played before. That was <laughs> right. that was another one. Um, so you've talked a li- you've talked about uh, how many people are going to be from this team to next team, and. One thing I've been thinking about is I think it's more than you think. Um, now, Biggs was guessing 30 to 32 holdovers. Now, is that where the range were? Are you thinking? Because I was getting the impression that you were thinking less. Pro- uh, well, ideally less, but, I mean, you can't turn over an entire roster. Right. Um, we just did that. Yeah, I, I mean, exactly. And think about how different this roster feels compared to last year. And I think it's still, like, 50% the same, maybe a little less than that with the injuries, but I think there's going to be some guys here still that maybe Bears fans aren't necessarily super excited about. I mean, they just gave Equinemius St. Brown a new contract. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you need, I, I actually thought that that was a smart thing. So if, if, if he's going to be the fifth string receiver and play special teams, then no issues with it. Right. But no more throwing the ball to him with the, the game on the line. But yeah. Anyway, I mean, there's going to be guys like that that the Bears bring back because they're they're competent, but 
they're not great. I mean, it's just going to take time. I mean, you've got like how how many players are going to be back versus how many you want are a different different number here. They, they may be, but you know, reality is reality. Yeah. You, you, you need a fifty three man roster, and every team every year is battling for every guy. Yeah, you know, that's sure. why teams steal each other's practice squad guys. Well, the Bears have so many guys that are on IR or that have been injured that. I think didn't really get much of a chance. Like, I mean, Lucas Patrick, I'm sure he'll be back. Yeah. He didn't give you anything this year. So I, I think that and there was a, there was a few guys that were exactly in the same boat yeah. of Lucas Patrick. Kringle. Yep. I think he'll be back because at least they know. That I he, hope he'll be back. Yeah. Like why, why wouldn't you? It's not like he's going to get a big contract for somebody else. Cause he hasn't played. Yeah. Uh, Nikhil Harry. I think he'll be back in, in camp. Although maybe not, because I think he'll be a free agent. And actually, Pringle will be too, and ESB was too. Yeah, so they extended Brown. I thought Pringle got two years. Maybe I have. He wrong. didn't. Okay. I checked it. He only got one. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, because so I thought he got two as well. I I think that players are gonna want to play for this quarterback. I, I do think that. I do. So. And I think we're in an unusual position when it comes to that. Well, that, yeah, the Bears have never been in that position. <laughs> Even when the Bears had a good quarterback, people didn't, people didn't, people weren't coming here to play with Jay Cutler. <laughs> Actually, Jim McMahon was not real well, well, well liked either. <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't know. I mean, about thirty. I don't know. That feels that feels high, but uh, you can't. Like I said, you can't. You can't turn over the enti- entire thing all at once. So yeah. there is there. I, I look at this team. Really, and there is some promise in those players. Um, I, I do see guys there that um, I feel can develop. The team is incredibly young and inexperienced, and they, we got to see uh, you know some changes on that uh, this year. And I think that we can still see growth. I, I you know, you know. Equinemius is not a great player. That's not why we have him. He is a good special teams player. He's a role player. And he, he is, okay, let's say he's a below average receiver, right, um, in, in, the, in the greater scale of things. It, if he, he can still be a weapon out there, and he can still get seen by our quarterback. Our quarterback has seen him. Yeah. He has to develop his catching abilities. Well, there's a lot of receivers you could say that about. So, um, but uh, I, I still think he could be a factor. I'm just saying there's a, there's quite a few guys out there that could still turn develop into something. I think there's a lot of players on the roster right now that should be role players that have been elevated because the team's so bad. Agreed. So I think you'll see some players slotted a little bit more appropriately next year, like. DeAndre Houston Carson's a great example. Like he's a great special teams player, but he's been starting at safety for ten games because Eddie Jackson's hurt. Yep. You don't you don't want him starting safety, but you love him as a special teams player. So there's gonna be guys like that. I think that the bottom of the roster probably will have a lot of players that are on the team right now. It's just that the players that are starting right now won't be starting anymore, and that's how you improve your team. So yeah, the number is probably higher than you think, especially when you're considering the guys that are on IR. Like I said, I mean, I'm sure Patrick will be back. Sanborn's obviously coming back. We'll see about Eddie Jackson. I think he'll get back. So the list does grow. But yeah. 
you want that top part of your roster to be dramatically improved because right now there's not a lot of difference makers. Uh, no, apart from the quarterback. And you know, um, so since we're talking about you know uh, a wide receiver, obviously it's a position that is still very high on the list of of need. I I certainly didn't think that Claypool uh, that trade was made to bringing him in as a number one. I, I never thought of it that way. I mean, I, I thought he was brought in to be um, complimentary as a as a two. Yeah, a right. Good, a good a good receiver and a good offense. Yeah, is exactly. That's what you want. And you know, but I think it's still pretty clear that we we got to still go find the guy. Yeah, you think so? If you're going into next year with Chase Claypool as your number one, I, I think people will not be very happy with that, and rightfully so because he hasn't really given us anything to be excited about. Um, and then last week it sounded like there were some issues with him on the sidelines which is never what you want to hear especially because there were a lot of rumors in Pittsburgh about him having some maturity problems but I I still think that he's far and away the most talented receiver on the roster yeah I I still think he's going to be good I don't know why it's taken him so long to get himself adjusted to the offense I don't even know if he's going to play on Sunday so it's pretty likely that his first season here will be a pretty big disappointment but the talent's still there he's still young I want to give him the offseason but yeah I think if you pair him with a true number one receiver plus you get back Darnell Mooney uh, hopefully he's 100% going into camp after his injury and you've still got Cole Komet and you've still got a good running back room then you're really starting to feel good about the skill positions on this offense it's not great because I think that you know you could upgrade a tight end I, I think that Mooney, we'll see what he, what condition he's going to be in, but you're at least in a place where you've got five, six skill position players that you feel pretty good about when you yeah. include the running backs. That's where you need to be at because right now you have like basically zero out there. Yeah, because everybody I just listed off is hurt or Claypool. Obviously, just we know the story there. He just hasn't been productive since he's been here. You know, uh, interestingly, with that uh, story. Um, I read a, a, a post about that, and I thought it was pretty interesting because the post uh, actually focused on the fact that the very first person over to him uh, apparently came off the field. Uh, he was frustrated. He threw his helmet on the ground, and he started jawing at the um, at Tyke Tolbert, oh, okay, the receivers coach. And the first thing that happened was Justin Fields went right over there, yeah, and started talking to him, hey, chill out, we, we understand that you're, you're frustrated, we're all frustrated, none of us want to be in this boat, and I gotta say, I, I hand it to uh, I, I, the, diff, uh, the post that I was reading, immediately brought that up to show the maturity level of our quarterback and how he views himself as part of the team, right? Yeah. I'm not just the guy that's supposed to throw the ball or run the ball, I also need to be a leader. I need to make that known. And I feel like he has great leadership qualities. I agree. And you like to hear it. Um, Claypool, I, I heard an interview with him, and he basically just said, I was pissed off. We were getting our ass kicked. Um, certainly appreciate the passion. Uh, you, you just don't want to You don't want to see a scene on the sidelines. Right. So. I think it's it's a learning moment, like you said, and the fact that the quarterback stepped in and seemed to diffuse it a little bit. I mean, 
just reinforces everything we've always heard about Fields. It's just really, really solid leader. Got got all the intangibles that that you ever want. So, yeah, I mean, obviously not an ideal story, but uh, definitely paints Justin Fields in an even better light. So, I think I think we're all lucky that he's the quarterback. I, I just think that everything you hear about him is is really positive. Agreed. So. I wanted to read this to you. Um, I've seen this guy's name a few times. This is from the Q&A in the Chicago Tribune, which came out uh, yesterday. And uh, it's from Jim A. in Plymouth, Minnesota. I don't know who that is, but uh, hopefully he'll make his, his presence known over at the bar at some point. But he says, We know Ryan Poles has the ability to tear down a football team as the initial stage of a rebuild, but is there anything in his background to suggest he has football acumen to then build the team. His draft choices so far have been underwhelming. His best selection, Jaquan Brisker, shows only modest ability so far, and none of his free agent acquisitions, albeit placeholders for the most part, have panned out. How do you see that? Uh, I guess valid concern, um, because he is a new GM. Yeah, I think his, his free agents have been pretty underwhelming, but he alluded to the fact it's not like they really took a lot of big shots draft i you know tend to agree uh i think gordon and brisker have both been solid uh gordon started off rough but has really improved i think over the last couple weeks uh kind of the opposite for brisker he's struggled over the last couple weeks but i don't really have any concerns about him i think he's gonna be good um it's kind of a i mean that's that's hiring a gm though right it's kind of a leap of faith and you, right. you have to hope that you got it right. Um, have is it possible to go back into the front offices of Kansas City and say, "Hey, Ryan Poles gets credit for this guy. He doesn't get credit for this guy." Like, of course not. It's it's a whole team of executives working together, and right. who gets credit, who gets blame, is pretty impossible to to figure out. Of which um, he was a part of three different regimes. Yeah, um, but. I'll say this, it, it's not like you have any other choice. You kind of have to hope that he's really good at it because yeah. he's the guy that the Bears hired. And, you know, the Bears' hiring track record certainly hasn't earned them any benefit of the doubt. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I've liked what I've heard from Poles. He, he seems like he's really taken ownership of this thing. Very bright. I, I, yeah, really, really smart. Uh, really portrays a lot of confidence like the exact opposite of ryan pace in that regard yeah um i don't know i mean this offseason is gonna be uh seems like he really knows football and then this offseason is gonna be just a huge test for him because he's got all the resources you could ever want you got to spend them wisely um i i get the concern i do uh but it's gonna be a concern literally every other time you hire a general manager so right. he hasn't shown anything to say that he's not good at it um, but again, he hasn't taken a lot of big shots either. So this, this off season is really going to be one that I think it, it's basically going to, I think, start to define his legacy here, because if he blows this off season completely, then yeah, it's going to be more of the same here, but hopefully he doesn't. Yeah. So I, you know, uh, take points taken off that. Um, I, I agree with you. Um, he, uh, he, he hasn't done to me any, uh, anything, uh, that I feel was a was a poor acquisition. Um, the the one the the biggest one to me, uh, as far as resources, was the Chase Claypool deal. Simply because we gave them our third round pick, uh, our second round pick, which has turned out to be 
Uh, I think it's going to be pick 34 or mm-hmm. 35, something like that. Um, and also, it's going to be higher. I think it's actually going to be 33. Right. Because the Dolphins lost their pick. Right. Um, but, uh, so that, you know, that's pretty spendy, especially for a guy who was in the 40s, right? Yeah. Um, but it's at a position of great need, uh, and it's at a position where I don't feel like just drafting, uh, you, know, you know, using a lot of draft capital this year on a receiver would have been a smart would have been a smart move. At least with him, we got a guy who's a veteran who we've already seen can do this job, right? Um, now we just got to see what it takes to get him, you know, on the field consistently and, and doing his job at a high level. Uh, well, but also with Claypool, like if he was going to be a free agent this next year, where would you rank him in terms of the guys that are going to be available? Like. Maybe one, one, one or two, like because <laughs> it's a bad group. Yeah, like I don't know, I don't know a ton about Jacoby Myers. I don't know how his. He's like the only guy. I don't know how his stats compare to Claypool, but Claypool would be one of the best two or three receivers on the market. I mean, that just drove up his acquisition price. It's, right, it's supply and demand. Like this isn't that difficult to figure out. Right, because it's been reported that if the Bears had offered their pick, then. They wouldn't have gotten him because he would have gone to the Packers. Yeah, ugh. And the Packers, you know, they are not a dumb organization. So it's not like the Bears were competing for this. Not to mention their success at wide receiver has far outpaced the Bears. Yeah, it's it's, it's one thing if it's like, yeah, we were competing with the Houston Texans, right? (laughs) Come on. So I, I, I get why people don't like it, but you had to get some talent in here at that position somehow. And. The, the fact is they had to overpay. So. Yeah, and I, I, I still like, I, I'm still very hopeful about it. Uh, I liked that, I liked that pickup, and like you said, wow, when you look at free agency, it is scant. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bunch of rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> nobody so, that anybody would have been excited about. Uh, the other thing, you know, on here, though, is, um, you know, he's pretty critical of the draft picks, and I I know I'm looking through orange tinted glasses, but I got to say, uh, I think that Jaquan Brisker isn't going to be a good player. I think he's going to be an excellent player. Yeah. And I think he's had a very good year this year. True, his, his, uh, his level of play has gone down some, but you know what? We also lost Eddie Jackson right next to him. That's what we got to have is those two next to each other. And when they were next to each other, we saw some pretty darn good results. Yeah, right? and, he's, and he's still a rookie. I mean, And he's still a rookie. He's, first of all, he's never played a season this long before. Yeah. And I, I, in terms of his like play declining, it's really only been the last couple of weeks that he hasn't played well. And that game against the Lions, nobody played well. Yeah. So I, my concern level for him is just about zero. Same with Gordon. I think Gordon took a little time to adjust to the speed of the league, probably because he was coming from the Pac-12. Yeah. And I, I think that he's really come on strong lately. The The biggest draft concern is obviously Vilas Jones. And, you know, it's just sometimes you, you're just not going to hit them all. None of, the, none of the best teams hit them all. Yeah. Especially as you get later in the draft. I think the Bears did reach there, but they were going after speed and talent and Vilas Jones is really fast and he does have talent it's just that he's had a really rough rookie year but 
I'm still not ready to call him a bust either. It was certainly a bust in terms of this year, but yeah, I, I think that given he was a reach. Yeah, well, yeah, and I mean, part a lot, a lot of development occurs between year one and year two. I'm sure that the Bears are going to sit down with him and tell him exactly what they expect for him coming back to next year, and maybe he really rebounds and has a good second year. Maybe he just sucks. I don't know. Maybe he just sucks. We're going to find out, but. You don't hit them all, and sometimes it just takes longer than a year or so. And then, you know, you also have the fact that we drafted our starting punter. Or, or I don't yeah. know what term you use there. I mean, we drafted our punter. And he's been he's been good. He's been very solid, um, especially considering uh, we got rid of a, you know, we lost a guy. We didn't get rid of him. He was taken, you know, he was taken, offered more money by another team. Um and, uh, you know, so we had to fill that hole. I think they did a pretty good job filling that hole. Manley raves about him as a holder, too. I, I don't know. Wow. I, I, have no, I couldn't tell you a single reason about what makes you a good or a bad holder. All I, all Manley I know, knows, all, all I know is that Manley just raves about <laughs> him. So, hey, that is another feather in his cap, I guess. And then um, Braxton Jones. Oh, yeah. He, who he, was the only player, who still is the only player that took 100% of the snaps boy, throughout he, the season. He was awful on And Sunday, he was though. really bad. He was really bad. You know, though, part of, it was, part of it was poor play on him. But let's also not take credit where credit is due as far as D, uh, um, Detroit's front seven. Aiden uh, Hutchinson and um, who's the other guy? Who had a wrecking crew day. And he's remember. a rookie, I think. I don't remember. Like I said, I was half well, watching the game. Anyway, <laughs> that that guy um, had a great game. And he hasn't just had a great game. He's had a really good season. Uh, I don't... I, I when I After we watched that game, I wanted to go look his name up. Because I wanted to see uh, where he was in terms of uh, the defense was concerned. And... I'll, I'll get it for you. It looks like J- uh, James Houston. Oh, Houston. Yeah, the guy with three sacks. Okay. Yeah, he has eight sacks this year. You know, more than Aiden Hutchinson, who was the number two overall pick. The sixth-round pick for Houston, too, last year. He's a rookie. Wow. I mean, talk about finding a, uh, a gem, right? So, yeah, sick num- pick number 217. Uh, but, so... Um, you know that guy uh, has obviously uh, earned a uh, earned earned his earned his keep this year. Yeah. So you know let's not take let's not take that away from him. But uh, you know, and the rest of it, of course, is uh, the various linemen, um, and we'll have to see how those guys turn out. Uh, they uh, the the offensive line is obviously one of the one of the very biggest projects left to work on on the team. Um, and you know, on a team full of projects, uh, it's, it's gotta be one of the biggest ones and we'll have to, we'll have to see how that works. You know, um, it it would be great if we could find somebody to, to play, uh, left tackle, if we don't want to keep Braxton Jones at left tackle, but tackle has to be one of the things that they look at hard because too often with the bears, I've heard. Well, we'll just move him in guard. Right. <laughs> we, we as a team have got to stop saying that. <laughs> well, Pace for years just refused to draft a tackle. I know. And the one tackle... Bobby Massey was his boy. Yeah, the one tackle we did draft, 
uh, is now playing guard and is now on IR. So it's a position the Bears have neglected forever. And the thing, I, I want to go back to Braxton Jones quickly. I mean, he was awful, but it seems like a lot of his issues just boil down to, like, strength. And you can get stronger. So I, I think that'll be a big focus for him in the offseason is trying to put on some weight and uh, actually get him himself into a little more NFL strength. Um, but I think that, like you said, I mean, tackle is obviously such a huge priority. I'm just excited to see how this offseason plays out. There's there's so many different directions that the Bears can go, and I think they're going to get a lot of good new players this this offseason. So I don't know what direction they're going to take. I have a feeling Ryan Poles is really going to prioritize O-line just because that's his background. But, man, he could he could go so many different ways, and I'm just excited to, to see what happens here. Well, and you know the uh, one thing you and I have touched on quite a few times, of course, is is the D line. You know, there the D line is terrible. Um, we we struggled on every major statistic when it comes to the D line. Uh, do Do you know who our leader in sacks is right now? I couldn't tell you. Jaquan Brisker. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> one of the worst. That's N- not good. It's one of the worst NFL front sevens you'll ever see. Yeah, and so uh, you know a certain amount of uh, of those resources, a chunk of those resources, are definitely going to have to come from uh, to go to that side of the ball because uh, they they have to get better at putting pressure on the quarterback. But um, I, I don't know. I just I thought that was an interesting question. Uh, I thought I, I do think that what out of what Poles had to work with going into that draft, I think he did fairly well, actually. Yeah, I mean, they've got, what, three starters for sure uh, in the two secondary players and the punter, and then hopefully uh, fourth. In- well, you got to say Jones is because he started every single snap. Yeah, but starters on a good team, though. Like, no, I mean, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. So three, maybe four. Maybe five if you can turn Velas Jones around and you can get him into a, a at least your starting kick returner and hopefully a contributor on offense. I mean, there's nobody that they drafted other than the guys late that is like a clear bust right now. I mean, right. Jones is uh, Velas Jones is the closest thing, but at least he's had some moments. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some guys you draft and you just can tell right away that they can't play. So there's none of those yet. Uh, I think, like you said, I mean, in terms of what they had, adding three to five potential starters, not not too not too bad. Right. right. So, so you're gonna you're gonna watch the game on Sunday. So yeah, I, I think I'm gonna watch. I think I'll probably come over to the bar. It's like you said. So you know, it's the last game of the year. Um, we uh, the the we uh, we're talking about Allery's Bar, of course, over in St. Paul. Um, you know, it's been the Bears home for uh, 20, 23 years now. And uh, I certainly hope that it remains that. But uh, with management and flux the way they are, you know, things can change a lot over the over the offseason. It's a long offseason, man, especially uh, when you're coming off a season where the team hasn't been great. And this game in particular, uh, I mean, it's, it's just one of the most meaningless football games you'll ever see when, when you know what though last year's uh bears vikings game was pretty meaningless it, it was too. <laughs> i mean I, I my opinion on this one is this this should be like a preseason game like 
There's no re- is if Fields isn't playing, then they shouldn't play Montgomery. They shouldn't play Herbert. They shouldn't play Claypool. They shouldn't play any of the rookies on defense. Like, yeah, I, I think that there's enough guys that probably aren't going to be around, but maybe a couple of them you can get some good tape on. Like I want to see a lot of handoffs to Darrington Evans. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I want to see Jalen Jones and Blackwell. And actually, Blackwell I guess got put on IR. Oh well, okay, then he's not going to play. Yeah. But I want to see Sterling Weatherford calling the signals. <laughs> like let, let's let's just get let's just get weird with this one. Uh, I, I mean, Peterman is is just awful. But if if Peterman somehow defies the odds and starts playing well, then put Blau in. Like, (laughs) as long as as they find a way to lose and give themselves a chance at that first overall pick, then I don't really care who's out there. But, yeah, I'm going to watch as well. It's the last game of the year. I love going to the bar. uh, And this game at the bar is always traditionally pretty fun because usually it's just the diehards and every everybody's <laughs> celebrating the season whether or not there's a reason to celebrate so i'm i'm planning to watch as well even though if i had anything better to do with my life that's what i should be doing <laughs> right. uh so uh one thing i did want to uh touch on is um so there's been a lot of buzz this week uh, out of Vikings camp about do they win or do they lose? Because Vikings fans, there's a fair contingent of them out there that are preferring that they lose so that they play the Giants <laughs> rather than the Packer-Lions or winner the, or the in the playoffs yeah. or the Seahawks. What do you got to say about that? Well, for, first of all, it doesn't really... Matter. Hi, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter because it, the Vikings are going to be the three seed regardless unless Arizona beats San Francisco, right. which, which they're not going to do. But putting that aside, I mean, talk about not being confident heading into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're not, if you're trying to pick and choose who you're going to play as the seven seed, like you've got probably some bigger problems in the Vikings this past week. I mean, they just... Talk about not showing up at all. Yeah. That, that's the problem with them. It's like the four games they've lost, they've gotten dominated in all four. Yep. And I get why Vikings fans are saying it, because if the Packers have to come back up here in two weeks, is anybody going to be picking the Vikings after that last game? Uh, yeah, it's uh, sketchy. So, um, obviously, home field advantage is one thing. I mean, I think that you, the Vikings should want the second seed because – if they can get out of the first round, then you'd rather have the 49ers coming here than having to go out to San Fran. But, uh, yeah, I, I've heard some of that as well. I, I mean, I definitely get why you'd rather play the Giants, but if you want to go to the Super Bowl, which the Vikings claim to want to do, yeah, you shouldn't be worried about who you're going to play as the, seven, <laughs> as the seventh seed. That's mostly what I was thinking about. Okay, we're going to do just a quick take on uh, the power rankings for this week. Um in addition to our rankings, NFL Nation reporters described each team season using five or fewer words. We also noted each team's highest and lowest rankings of the regular season. Number one is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, their highest ranking, number one. Their lowest ranking, number four. Regular season and five words or fewer. Top of the AFC West again. Let's, you know, let's not forget that our executive was with this team 
for 13 seasons. You know, I mean, I, I do, I think he deserves credit for that. Uh, also, I think he deserves credit for the fact that somehow he got hired by one regime and ended up on a third regime when he finally chose to leave. So I, I think that says a lot about him as a person. Um, the uh, top of the NFC Norse, uh, where is the Vikings? The Vikings are at eight. They have the Vikings as the best team in the North still. Yep, right. of course. Um, which is, yeah, really questionable. Highest ranking, three. Lowest ranking, 11. Regular season in five words or fewer. Close game or blowout. I mean, like, the <laughs> close game or blowout. The Vikings are not a top ten team. I'm, I'm sorry. I know record wise, but I mean, just just watch. Them. I, I don't. I don't think so either. Uh, I think they are top fifteen. Uh, Packers are twelve. Uh, highest ranking four oh. and lowest ranking twenty four. Yeah. Regular season. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I mean, I had them dead and I had them dead and buried ten weeks ago. So the fact that they're probably going to make the playoffs now is, I mean, credit to them. But uh, I, I don't think any Bears fans will be. I upset. could see the Lions winning that game though. Maybe it'll probably not. It'll but... depend because the Lions, I think, can be eliminated before the game even starts. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I can't remember the exact scenario, but I'm pretty sure if Seattle beats. The Rams, which they likely will, and I think the Lions are out. Oh, the Lions really screwed themselves by losing that game in Carolina. Man, holy smokes! I couldn't believe that. And by starting two and six, (laughs) yeah, that that probably was a factor as well. (laughs) Number thirteen is the Lions. Uh, That's pretty high to me. Uh, Highest ranking twelve, lowest ranking (laughs) thirty-one. Regular season in five words: night and day. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a pretty good way of putting it. After a one and six start, seemed as if the Lions were on pace for yet another year of disappointing things. Um, so, where are the beloved Bears going down, 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 to down, down, down? Thirtieth, uh, twenty-eight. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, that's pretty much where they orbited all year <laughs> yeah. is, uh, 27, did they, 28. They didn't get out of the twenties ever, did they? Nope. Yeah. Uh, well, I, no, they did get to 30. Highest ranking 22, lowest ranking 30. Okay. I thought they only made it down to 29 myself, but regular season in five words. What else did you expect? Courtney <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cronin says the Justin Bears... Fields is awesome. Those are the five that's words. That's right. That's right. The, uh, the, I like that one better. The Bears are in line for the number one or number two overall pick because they were not constructed to win in 2022. That was the expectation going into the season when the front office tore down the roster to begin rebuilding, and it did not change even despite seeing glimpses of this offense's high-scoring potentials in Weeks 7 through 10. Injuries and talent deficiencies define the season, but do not excuse everything, including the defense's inability to stop the run, ranked 31st, and allowing 504 yards to Detroit to usher in the Franchise worst, new franchise worst losing streak at nine games. So, um, I, you know, I uh, I like Courtney. Uh, I think Courtney Cronin is a, is a good representative of us. But I, I got to say, I disagree with that a little bit. This team, um, all he did, you know, the Bears fans for Bears fans out there that f- you know feel like he really stripped the team for parts. Um, you know, there was not many parts. It was already, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you have to have parts in, in to, to strip it. Uh, Pace did the same thing, except he took two seasons to do it. Oh, and he got rid of some of the most favorite, most beloved 
uh, Bears of all time <laughs> when he did it. Uh, he got rid of uh, Briggs. He got rid of Peanut Tillman. He got rid of Robbie Gold. Um, you know, so, you know, this was going to happen. The previous regime really screwed things up. And he said, enough is enough. I'm going to bite the bullet. No one's going to like this. And I'm just going to do it. And then we're going to move on from there. Next year, they have all the money in the world. Next year, we're going to have a great list of draft picks available. Next year, we're going to have our quarterback already in place. Next year, we're going to have a quarterback in place that players actually want to play with. Yeah, it's just like, to your point, it's how many more games could they have won with Mac? Because that's really who we're talking about here. I know they traded Quinn, too, but you know what? Quinn was here for, like, seven games. Yeah. And then the team was terrible. Uh, and um, Smith. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was here, too. So uh, If you had all three of those guys, I think that equals two wins, maybe. Maybe. With with the this team and just how bad that they are up front still. I mean, it's not like Quinn was having a good year anyway. Or Smith, by the way. So, I don't know how much Khalil Mack really really brings you. Yeah, I mean, the Bears were, what, 2-6 and six when they traded away Quinn and Smith? Yeah. So, all right, maybe Mack gets you one or two more. I think he's had a pretty nice year for the Chargers. But, like you said, there was, there was nothing to tear down. It was, it was torn down last year. Yeah. Do people remember what the roster looked like at the start of last year? It was awful. <laughs> so, well, all you have to do is start with... Andy Dalton is your starting quarterback. Jason Peters was the left tackle. Yeah, that's right. I, Freshly signed off the couch. Yeah, I don't even. I'm trying to remember. It was it was Vildor the starting cornerback? Like, yep. and it was Vildor. He Shelley. was the number one. No, he was two. He was behind Johnson. Oh yeah, that's right. He was. Yeah, it's, it's it's not like it's not like he took a team that was competing for playoffs and completely dismantled. But the team was not good anyway. So, yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, like, but. For the most part, I mean, it's, yeah, what would you expect? This is what we expected, and hey, we all got through it, and we just got to get through 60 more minutes of football. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the, uh, the only comment um, on the game, is the is the game in, the game is in Detroit, right? Which game? The Bears? Bears no, uh, Packers That's and Lions? Lambeau. Is that Lambeau? Yeah, okay, Lambeau. so, uh, yeah, so, you know, I don't see the Lions winning that game. Um, I, I think that uh, with the way the Packers have been playing over the last six games um, and the fact that they're playing at home, uh, I, I think they win that game. But it'll be interesting to see because I didn't know about the part that you brought up, and that probably will happen anyway. Yeah, I think the Lions will play hard. Obviously, if they're already out of it, that might affect motivation. Um, but I think they're going to try to spoil the Packers season two. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think the Lions are probably going to give them a better game than the Vikings did. Yeah. Regardless. So. Uh, I think in, because of uh, those two guys we previously mentioned, um, those two guys, man, wow. You could see a serious wrecking crew from those two, uh, those two players uh, in the coming years. Yeah, and the Lions have just been playing better than the Vikings, all things considered. So, I don't know. I'm hoping it's a good game, but, I mean, it's, it's Rodgers versus Goff with the playoffs on the line. I'm going to... I'm going to side with Rodgers, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, me too. Um, I, I, unless uh, that D, if that D from Detroit plays like it did against the Bears, um, I could see them winning that game. Because they did an excellent job. I mean, obviously our offensive line leaves a lot to be desired. But all I'm saying is give credit where credit is due. Their defensive, their defensive front was playing 
really good football and has been over the last, you know, say six wins. Yeah. Six I, games. I agree. I mean, it, it should be a fun game. Assuming the Lions show up to play, uh, it should be fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, not looking forward to the Bears game. But, hey, <laughs> like I said, we've, we've come this far. Lose Bears! Exactly. We, we've put up with 16 weeks of this. Just get a loss and let's... Uh, start turning our attention to we, 2023. And you know, it's funny, we really do need a loss because uh, we'll end up with the fourth pick if we win. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. So, Like I said, if Peterman's playing well, put Blau in. Yeah. If Blau, if Blau's <laughs> playing well, run the Wildcats. Yeah. Do, do what you have to do to get out of there. Maybe we should put Blau in just for shits and giggles. I want to see Ebner... Evans and Simba Webster <laughs> running the Wildcat. That's yeah. that's what I want to see. Wow, and that is a serious deep dive, there, folks. And nine, nine men on the field on defense. Just <laughs> whatever you have to do, just get out of there with a loss. All right, that's it for us this week, guys. Uh, bear down. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bear down. <laughs>